For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Uh, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay, another one of our friends hadn't been around a while, but he's busy. He's doing that grad school thing. Uh, but thrilled to have him back. Daniel Chan Contreras, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you again. Oh, I'm doing great, Andrew. Thank you very much for having me. Thrilled to have you. I, I reached out to you and, and hunted you down because I wanted to talk about something. Look, we're going into an election cycle. The election cycle has a little uh, side narrative that's been going for a while about Spanish-speaking voters. Uh, the way they're changing, the demographic is changing. The Republicans have made some gains, especially places like South Florida, the Rio Grande Valley. People are talking about these sorts of gains and changes. It's become, we saw the demographics from the census. We know this is not only the fastest growing demographic in America, it's also diversifying demographic in America, which is an important point to point out too. Yeah. Spanish speaking media in America has never been bigger. But then when I actually look at it and I listen to it and I don't speak the language you do, so you help me out here. When I translate it and try to understand it, it's amazing to me that these are a lot of the same folks, but it's covered differently. The point of views differently. It's almost like a whole different world, even though a lot of these news organizations have the same parent companies. Mm. There's a disconnect there. Walk people through that a little bit, because I think we're talking about Spanish speaking folks and how they're becoming a force in politics. But when they're talking amongst themselves in media that's for them, it's almost like a parallel world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the thing about uh, the, the challenge, I would say, uh, to understand Spanish-speaking markets and Spanish-speaking um, voters, of course, it's that, uh, I mean, the only thing that we have in common is we speak Spanish. But other than that, uh, it's very, it's a very diverse and very different, very different perspective. And that, of course, shows... When you look at uh, the major, you know, uh, Spanish-speaking networks, when you take, of course, the, the usual Univision, Telemundo, which tend to be more left-leaning, um, you see that that disconnect, and you also see how uh, the the attempts sometimes of English-speaking um, people to try to impose their their narrative of ways of seeing things. Uh, one, they try to do that in Univision, in Telemundo, or in other media. It doesn't necessarily resonate in the same way. Because when you when we talk about Spanish uh, in Spanish media outlets, there's a lot of subcultures, there's a lot of um, con uh, societal cultural cues, basically um, that that don't resonate. Then when you when you try to import um, uh, just English speaking media uh, news, just just doesn't resonate, right? You're trying to just talk about it in, with Cuban American community in South Florida, the Venezuelan American community um, in, in Texas, or, or the Mexican American community in California. Um, you need to understand that that little social societal context to to actually uh, how they think and actually how they process news. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Chan Contreras joining us. I don't want to gloss over it because you just hit on it. There's so much diversity in the Spanish speaking community. Look, even somebody like me, we can sit on paper and look. Oh well, a Venezuelan refugee that's speaking uh, Spanish and a Cuban uh, refugee or the diaspora that's in South. You would think they would have a lot in common, but just because they both are fleeing dictatorships. They have a lot of cultural differences, so communicating to them, even though they have a similar background coming to America, 
very, very different way to reach out to those communities. And I'm just picking those two. You could pick any other country you want it. Look, we're going to have more and more folks coming out of Mexico with the violence there. Somebody from Colombia isn't going to be the same as Argentina, even though they, you know, to an outsider like us, those would be more similar. That's really where the challenges start coming in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 100% correct. Um, and, and I think that's one of the issues that I think in general, um, English-speaking media and English-speaking political, political analysts and, and whatnot have improved a little bit. I mean, every time I hear at least they say, well, you know, it's different. They're, they're not all the same, uh, which I think is important. But yeah, I mean, it is 100% a challenge. And when you see when you see on the, on the Spanish media outlets and the way that they talk about any news, um, it's it's very it's different than in English speaking outlets. Also, there's a lot more emphasis on well, at least right now, because we're not necessarily 100% in election mode right now. We'll be there like in a few in a while. Um, the, the, although the, the news media cycle is a little bit slower right now uh, because there's not an, an impending election right now. Um, you can see the differences, uh, especially in the just on the topics we they, they cover. Even when you talk about non-political things like entertainment, sports, it's completely different. I mean, we talk about football well, soccer not not um not american football or yeah well not american football in a line that one hey, daniel chan Contreras joining us that's an important point because i think something that gets lost look I've, I've been doing this politics things for a little while now when you talk about outreach to a group they just don't want constant politics that's why we we call our show culture and politics you got to mix it up a little bit people just getting up I imagine it's the same thing in the Spanish-speaking media, but especially for those English outlets or English minority candidates that are trying to do quote-unquote outreach, if you don't mix in some of that culture stuff, if you don't, look, I've lived in a foreign country before a couple times, you, you got to give them a little something to show you care, right? You got to give them yeah. a little cultural thing. You don't have to speak the language, but you better throw a word or two in there somewhere to show you're trying, that kind of stuff. You can't just show up at political time with just a political message. That ain't going to work. You got to mix in some of that culture stuff. You got to show some effort in there too, right? Man, yeah, they're 100% correct. Um, you need to understand the cultural side, I guess. Uh, cultural is it's important part of politics because um, if you want at the end, at the end of the day, when you're going to vote, you want to have someone that understands you, that at least talks the same way you, you do, or like understands your, your not only uh, policy struggles, but also just you know the way you, you you interact. You know, you want to have someone relatable, and and culture and sports is really important. And actually, this is really important. Uh, I would say it's completely non-political, but a good and interesting way of seeing the difference between Spanish-speaking media and, and Anglo media um, is just in in the way that I don't know if you have heard like. This was a whole thing over Shakira and, and her former whatever. The whole thing, I mean, it's it's just annoying to me. But it was a huge deal in every single Spanish-speaking media outlet and social media and just hearing my parents talk about that constantly. Um, and it was a huge news for like two weeks, two whole weeks. It was annoying. But but it was a huge thing. I mean, everyone was talking about it, and every single media outlet was talking about it, Spanish speaking. But you go to maybe um, English speaking, it's not the same relevance uh, because it's just not the same. The same um, you don't have. I mean, uh, regular uh, New York Times reader will not care that much about whatever what's going on with Shakira and Piquet. But um, a, a reader from from Miami or, or Houston probably will. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Right, Daniel Tankinteras. It's interesting you bring that up because it brings up one of the oldest parts of this when it comes to North and South America and Europe. He's a Spanish soccer star. He's a big time Spanish soccer star. So there's always been this thing, and you explain it better than I am. I'm not going to get too far into it. You wait as far as you want to go. Spanish, the language, the folks in Spain get a little touchy about such things. The folks in South America, the folks in Mexico, that that's a real thing. But that was one of the things that, oh, all of a sudden, both sides of the Atlantic, they were talking about the same thing. But that's why, because he was such a huge soccer star. And, of course, it's Shakira. Who doesn't want to talk about Shakira? But that was one of those things. You want to talk about checking off all the boxes for a language group. That one did it. Well, yeah, I mean, 100%. And it's all, that's an, uh, you talk about it. It's an interesting point. Uh, of course, Spain is very different. Uh, European country, uh, different history and whatnot. But we do share a lot of societal and, and cultural um side guys and, and cultural issues uh latin america hispanic american and spain music sports wise um sometimes even like the politics of it, it that you hear it and it's, you can see some echoes between the spain spain and and, and the, the new world um so that's a very interesting point and actually that now that you brought it up uh that even if um just completely different societal context and economic context and political context we the, the, just this this the mere fact that we speak the same language uh, brings some common things. Well, it's like American and, and the Brits, I'm pretty sure as well, right? I'm sure it is too, Daniel Chan Contreras. All right, you do do international affairs and foreign policy. When we talk about immigration in America, I think I think most Americans make one big mistake, and the media is really bad about this. We get really myopic about it. It's It's almost like the immigration problem starts at the border and then comes inward. We don't do a great job of talking about all the chains of events from the border outwards to all these other countries that are affecting this. The new policies that are being discussed and debated, a lot of them are starting to shift the focus. We know President Trump kind of started this train with the hold in Mexico policy, trying to keep the people coming from South America and Central America in Mexico, the Biden. We can debate all that stuff. I think that's one of the big holes here is we're acting like we can just hold the wall like it's the Alamo and nothing's going to happen. And that's not how this works. There, This is a bigger problem than just our borders and just trying to treat it like it's just something we're going to fix in and of ourselves. We're going to be in a doom loop on this thing, aren't we? I mean, yes. Uh, one of the, the big points is that this migration wave crisis, especially the parole program that's been all around the news, all doing, the, doing the rounds, it's not the same type of migration that America has been used over the last uh, 30 years, right? Usually you talk about, well, Mexico, you talk about uh, Central American countries like um, like Honduras, like Guatemala, like the solid people fleeing violence. Uh, but now we're talking about like, this 30,000 per month program, which is now on, on the courts and there's a lawsuit. It's about it's Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, and uh, Haiti, right? With the exception of Haiti, Haiti is a bit of a different kind of worms. Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua have kind of the same issue, right? You have a communist or socialist dictatorship uh, that has created um, an immense amount of political, social, and economic pain in their countries and people just fleeing. 
Um, and the United States is just now at the end of receiving that, that migration flow. So it is a different policy context. It is a different political uh, solution, of course, to this specific uh, border issue, border problem, than uh, the ones we faced 15, years, uh, 15 to 20 years ago. And it's important for policymakers to take that into account. The problem is, I think, is that we're not, I mean, Americans are not uh, taking that into account. Uh, there's not a real policy decision, a rational, coherent policy decision. It's just President Biden trying to do something um, halfway, then the court saying that he can't do it. And then we have some way in the middle where the program is not implemented, but it's not also completely eliminated and just leave a lot of people uh, in, south, in, in the south, in, in the border, in border towns, and the migrants just up in the air. Yeah, Daniel Chan Contreras. This goes back to what we started talking about with the Spanish-speaking media, though. When you talk to these migrants, when you see the foreign Spanish-speaking press elsewhere, they all say the border is open. But the reason they're saying that, that's not coming out of, look, things don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in a sequence. The sequence of events is the dialogue, and we've got this now. There's reporting on this. There, This is mainstream stuff when you get south of the border. They're hearing it, and then all the Americans are going, well, no, the border's not open. Our discourse on it, even if you're just saying our border is open against the policies of the current government as a conservative or whatever, saying our borders are open. When that gets to the Spanish speaking media and overseas media for other people groups as well, all they heard is the border is open part. They didn't hear the part about it being an outer. So whether it's President Biden saying it in his campaigning or somebody against the border policies saying the border is open. That's the message that those folks are getting. So when they're saying we're told the border is open, they're telling you the truth. It goes back to that media and the language change and how things are covered, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and there's uh, a couple of things I want would like to add. I mean, you're 100 right. And uh, there's a couple of things. First, of course, people also, you know, have relatives and they know people and they know people who cross the border and they know people who did the trip and they know people who tried with the coyotes and all that kind of stuff. And they'll say, well, you know, once you get here, you can whatever you want. And and uh, the, you know, the word of mouth spreads, even if uh, Kamala Harris goes to Guatemala and says, do not come, whatever. Um, if you have a friend that actually went there, you'll say, well, you know what, I, you know, I'll try it. I'll do my, I'll, I'll take the risks. That's one thing. And the other thing important as well is that this is um, a lot of, there's an increasing sense within uh, Hispanic America, at least I will tell Venezuela, right, which is the, the realm we have some experience on. Uh, we also consume a lot of American media, right? We, a lot of Venezuelans speak English. A lot of journalists speak English, so they consume American media both from the right and, and from the left, I would say, in a regular basis. And that also, um, you know, shapes the way uh, you write about these type of stories, right? So when 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 Fox News or when CNN says, well, the border is open or the border is not open or whatever, uh, that's not only been heard and in, in America, but it's also been heard in, in Latin America. It's also been heard in Venezuela. It's also been heard in 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 other countries where people sometimes have access to this type of media, uh, especially through social media, they speak English and they can, th that also shapes their opinions and say, well, you know, that's how the way they're thinking, that's the way they are talking about it. And uh, that's what we'll, we'll report it and we'll talk about it here. So that's a really an interesting point. That's not only um, American, Anglo media, it's of course the main target audience is of course Americans, uh, but it's also uh, this type of peripheral audience that understands English and that shapes the way we talk about American politics and what we talk about American policy, which is in this case the most important.
Yeah, Daniel Skank, Kent Contreras. Um, we're coming up on this political season. We've already mentioned it briefly. How is this going to get covered by the Spanish-speaking media? And again, it's very diverse because all these different countries are going to have their own different spins on it. They've all, you know, Venezuela media is going to have a very distinctive look on it compared to Colombia media or whoever because of the political situation. When they start covering our election cycle from the outside, what are they focusing on? Because they're probably not real deep into the partisanship and the parties and all that stuff. They're probably onto the bigger picture ideas. What's a couple of the top line things that Spanish media from outside the country is going to be covering that's going to filter through those relatives and filter through the folks that are here that might actually be voting? Because, look, y'all talk to family just like everybody else does, right? They're going to talk. Word of mouth is more powerful than any media that's ever been invented yet because basically that's what social media is, right? It's word of mouth. What's a couple of the top line items that they're going to be covering kind of from the outside that might actually trickle back in here? Well, uh, as you as you said, okay, rightfully, um, foreign media will not, of course, know the all details and all the specifics and the mechanics about uh, American politics. So, what they'll try and what they usually do um, is they go a little bit with the I want to say caricatures with a little bit of the stereotypes in, in, in both parties. Like, well, you know, the Republicans believe this, Democrats believe this, because that's like common knowledge or like the popular image. So that's what they'll transmit back home. Um, of course, they'll talk a lot of foreign policy. Well, that that depends, of course, in in each country, I'm sure there's some countries that will uh, care a bit more about the foreign policy part of the of the candidates and, and the parties than than others. But I'm gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. One of the big issues right now, and that's at least how it was the 2020 2016 coverage is, of course, if, if Trump's gonna run or not. If Trump, it's a it's a media personality that transcends, I would say, language barriers. It's a very interesting story. So a lot of media outlets will. We'll try to cover that. Uh, if he ends up being the nominee in 2024, it's gonna be you know oh you know Biden Trump rematches. That's gonna it's gonna be more like in a personality type of narrative. If Trump's not the nominee, then probably I'll say they'll go more to the well you know Republicans and they add all the like stereotypes of Republicans. Or, like not stereotypes because not that they're completely true. And Democrats all these stereotypes again not not completely true. Um, and just present that to to the people people back home. Yeah, Daniel Chan Contreras. All right, let's go the other direction on this. We already know that they're look, they've got so much campaign money on these presidential races now, they literally can't spend it all on advertising. There's gonna be a lot of people making a lot of money on Hispanic outreach, quote unquote Hispanic outreach. What's actually effective and what's not when it comes to commercial, TV spots, whatever, a lot of people are gonna talk about it like a buzzword practically when you sit down to the TV and actually see it or the web app or whatever. What actually works? What actually cuts through? And what is going to come off as an actual outreach chance and not just, oh, they're just trying to get us to vote for them? Because that's the same problem no matter what language you do it in, right? Well, I mean, yes. Uh, I'm not an expert in campaign uh, campaign uh, messaging uh, yet. Uh, hopefully, maybe in the future, I'll be. And we'll talk about it. But um, what I will say in like general rule of thumb, of course, is that the the, the the people who write the ad, the people who produce the ad, they know the culture they're talking about. I mean, they know the target audience that they're talking about. They, they actually have some real uh, grassroots connections with it. Uh, they talk the way Cuban Americans talk in the, like, it's like second nature, basically. They really understand that culture of uh, Cuban Americans, Venezuelan Americans, Mexican Americans, whatever, what, what tell you, right? And um, so people don't get it like cringe, right? Well, one of the worst things you can do is like when you watch a 
democratic presidential debate and see the typical random presidential candidate trying to speak Spanish, which is just awful and just cringe. Well, don't do that ever again. Uh, that's one one of the things. But I think that some people are doing really good jobs. Uh, I know Giancarlo Sopo is a conservative um, strategist for, for Hispanic. He does uh, terrific jobs because he does that, right? He, he talks, he knows the people he's talking about, he's talking to and talks in the way that, that goes to their cultural um, issues and their cultural gigs and, and cues. And that way it, res- it resonates. Yeah, we talk about things like kitchen table issues, right? Like basic stuff. Does a lot of that translate pretty much one for one? I would imagine it does. Things like, you know, your job, your kid's education, better life, fuel prices, food prices. I would imagine that stuff all translates. There's probably some cultural ways to discuss it specifically. But when we talk about kitchen table issues in politics and retail politics, a lot of the principles are probably pretty close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... uh... Yeah, I mean, when gas is up, uh, you can say even a thousand languages is the same thing. Gas is up, <laughs> right? Because uh, your your bank account goes down, and uh, that, that, that those type of issues that go pretty much the same. The way you package them maybe a bit different. You can use some words and some specific things that that resonate a little bit more. But yeah, kitchen table issues are pretty much. I think that that's one thing that's pretty much universal. Uh, prices go up, and people get get really mad. And I mean, that's just human nature. That's traditional traditional retail policy that yeah that decimal point is a universal language everybody knows when you start putting zeros behind it whether what that means right daniel chank and Harris, always enjoy the conversation my friend appreciate the insight let folks know what you got going on been a little while since we've seen you update them all let them know where to find you follow you and keep up with you until we get you back on hertel again my friend yeah of course uh well you can follow you guys can follow me on uh on twitter daniel e chang c um right now i've been doing some videos for lost debate which is um social media media outlet that talks about issues important issues right now and tries to go a little bit beyond you know the partisan um lenses and the partisan framing and uh, it's been great i'll do some videos for them uh every week just go there follow them follow me and uh see you soon andrew yeah it's another one of our great young voices contributor always appreciate chatting with him daniel chang Contreras. thank you sir thank you andrew Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Folks, you've heard of Ethan Brown on the Hurt Tell Show a couple of different times, but if you're interested in learning about how to discuss things like climate change without all the politics and doom and gloom, head over to his podcast, The Sweaty Penguin. Sweaty Penguin is a late-night comedy-style climate podcast working to add nuance, critical thinking, humor, and hope to the climate conversation. they got over 100 episodes already, breaking down weekly news stories and specific topics from the vanilla to the ADHD to the international accountability to orangutans. Yes, I know, it's a comedy thing, so just go with it. But each time, exploring different ways we can make progress on these issues while still helping the economy, health, security, and everything else we care about. Feel overwhelmed, exhausted, or excluded by today's climate change discourse? This is the podcast for you. Find The Sweaty Penguin wherever you get your podcast or at www.thesweatypenguin.com. 
save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save 